Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor in the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We are on Red Circle instead of Podbean, but also Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We're also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and or subscribe buttons. We had six different NFL or Dolphin streams today. You're missing those if you don't hit the button. We are almost up to 20,000 subscribers. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. You get the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk, Louis Sung, and others. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We mention this one all the time. This is our fantasy partner, Prize Picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. This is just rated the number one fastest growing sports product in the country. Find out why it's easy to play. You can play different sports. And, of course, all of the NFL props are up there. They were for the Thursday night game, which was when we actually recorded this, but also for the Dolphins game on Sunday. If you like Tua over 230 and a half yards, then play it. Mac Jones, all the rest of them are up there, too. Go to Prize Picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Again, it's prizepicks.com or download it off the Google Play Store or the App Store. And now, tonight's episode. Down Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buffett said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I just got Greg Sylvander. It's just this is an old guy's episode. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. Tim Hardaway is going into the Hall of Fame on Saturday it has been delayed. This should have happened years ago. I've been at many all-star uh, events where basically, um, uh, you know, at, at, at the all-star events, uh, you know, he got named as a finalist, but we didn't know that he would actually get in. And some of the times that he didn't get in because simply the crowd was it, the, the, the class was too stacked. Okay. We had, there was a class of, of Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, even Chris Bosch couldn't crack that class. But then beyond that, uh, there was a pretty incredible, uh, you know, a, a period of time there where Tim got blackballed um, for some comments that he made in 2007 to Dan Levitard, which were uh, very derogatory um, towards gay people and something that Tim has spent pretty much the last 15 years, not just apologizing for, but doing the work in the community. That's the difference between him and others who kind of issue like a standard apology. Like Tim admitted when he grew up, he was taught a certain way. He learned the wrong way. And then he started to learn the right way as he actually met people out in the community. And he's done a ton of work over the past 15 years. I've been witness to some of it. We had Tim on the podcast before it was five on the floor when Chris Winningham and I were the hosts. And I actually reposted that this week where Tim talked about that situation and wondered whether he would ever get in as a player. And again, the hall of fame is, 
a weird deal as it is, um, because it is not just about, you know, what you did in the NBA, but it's also collegiate. It's also Olympic, which Tim has some history there uh, on the U.S. team. It's also, uh, you know, there's also women, there's referees, there's executives. There's a whole bunch of other uh, people competing for spots every year. There's not that many for former players, which makes it more challenging. But as a player, I don't think there was any question that Tim Hardaway was a Hall of Famer. If we're talking about Kyle Lowry as a potential Hall of Famer here, and I think most people are, Tim Hardaway's career from a statistical standpoint was actually superior to Kyle's. Now, he didn't have doesn't have the championship obviously, but he had everything else. And and to me the thing about Tim and then we'll get into just Tim memories with the Heat. The thing that's significant about Tim is that he changed his style after an injury. And an injury that at the time was pretty much a career-ending or at least career-defining injury, which was an ACL tear. And this was somebody who ran run TMC out in, in with the Warriors. That was a running gun offense with him and Mitch Richmond and Chris Mullen, who are both already in the Hall of Fame, Don Nelson at the controls. Then he got hurt. He actually slipped behind B.J. Armstrong on the depth chart with Golden State when Pat Riley essentially stole him in February of 1996, trading five players for five players with three different teams. And he, he became a half-court point guard, a half-court point guard who was not an elite three-point shooter. He had that knuckleball jumper, but it kind of went in some of the time. And, and also a guy who was not an elite defender, didn't have elite size, and yet was part of elite defenses. So they're really two different careers, and in their own way, they're each Hall of Fame careers, and that's why, to me, this took too long. You're you're so right, and I'm glad that you went all the way back to Golden State because it's funny. I actually owned a Golden State Tim Hardaway jersey because, like, he was just so much fun to watch just from the jump. And it was interesting when that trade happened. I believe he got traded for Ronnie Cycli, if I remember correctly. Um, maybe, no. What, who was it? Was it Billy? I can't even remember the, the deal, if it was Billy Owens or if it was Kevin Willis or who they sent out there. But I remember thinking to myself, I thought Tim Hardaway was broken down. And it was kind of one of the first reclamation projects that Pat Riley introduced to the Miami Heat fan. And it was crazy to see how he arrived. They played Chicago in the playoffs, um, obviously got bounced quickly with Walt Williams and others in the starting lineup. And then like, so this injured player, Tim Hardaway, comes into Miami and has back-to-back 81-game seasons and puts up all NBA-type numbers. He was... Like, this is a little thing that Heat fans don't like to say out loud, too loud around certain folks. Back then, in those two years, Ethan, like, Tim Hardaway was the best player on the team. And, like, late in games, Tim Hardaway had the ball. And that's who you wanted taking shots. I can still remember Dr. Jack after an opening night Tim Hardaway buzzer beater. I think it was in Washington. Him saying, can you believe that, man? And this away, that away, Hardaway. Like, it was um, surreal to see a player that good wear a Miami Heat jersey because that offensive stuff that he did – was just not anything Heat fans had been uh, accustomed to previously. Uh, so he had skills when he was back in Miami, and I'm glad that they're finally giving him his flowers uh, because it's taken a long damn time. And I do understand that, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And um, I think he's uh, rebounded in a really healthy, constructive way. 
And I think when you look at it, there were a lot of things working against him, right? So there was obviously his comments. There was the fact that uh, he wasn't an all NBA player, right? Like I, I don't think, I think at most he made one of the three all NBA teams. Uh, he was all NBA first team in 96, 97. Oh, I apologize. He was that first year. You're right. He was in 96, 97. He was. Cause that was the biggest award a heat fan had ever. That was the biggest accolade <laughs> besides like a slam dunk contest win. Like seriously, like, so it was big. It was a big, yeah. Deal. Now, anyway. then, then we got used to LeBron with MVPs. You're right. He did get all, all NBA. But but also he they didn't have the, the team success in the playoffs. That's the thing. Like they, they had it in the regular season. They I think they were the number one seed three times. And like you said, he was the engine of that team. He was, you know, Zoe was the Riley, and I've said this many times. He he was the Riley clone, the Riley parrot. Um, he he said he basically embodied Pat. Okay. Adversity introduces a man to himself. Pat phrases became Zoe phrases, right? Tim was the opposite. Tim was the guy who upset the apple cart a little bit. I, I always tell this story too about, I mean, he, he would make comments about Pappy on his back. I mean, that kind of stuff that, and that continued throughout to the end. Okay. The weight clauses, the three to one assist to turnover ratio. I mean, think of the difference in the way the heat treated Tim and the way they treated Kyle Lowry last year, where they essentially didn't even really test Kyle from a conditioning perspective. Right. And they had Tim Hardaway on these clauses, these weight clauses. These, he called it a fat clause, the three to one assist to turnover ratio clause uh, to get his additional money. That they he, they didn't treat him necessarily like a superstar, even though, like you said, he and Zoe were kind of co-build. And then also, you know, th- there was some tension there between him and Mashburn at times on the team, and others on the team. There's great stories from John Crotty about competing with Tim in practice. Uh, and, and, you know, how competitive that would get. I mean, Tim was the talker. Tim was uh, the guy who kind of drove that team from – Zoe drove it from an emotional perspective, but just with his intensity. But Tim gave them the, that additional edge, right? And when you, I was looking back at the highlights of that 38-point game that closed out the Knicks, the only time that they did close out the Knicks, and he's just pulling up with knuckleball jumpers. Like, he's not looking at anybody else, okay? And, and – in those moments, he could do that. You know, other times he would feed Zoe and wait for the ball to come out and kind of, but, but those other times he would take over games. And I, I just remember the reaction that people had to him. He was more accessible than Zoe in a lot of ways. Cause he's six feet tall, six, one, instead of <laughs> six, 10, right. That's part of it. Uh, you know, he, and he less had of a scowl. Guess of a scowl. I got skills, you know, the, 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 the Timmy two step, um, people were very familiar with his game when he came, but we didn't really know what he was going to be, uh, you know, here again. He was he posting up, remember? He was posting up, but remember, Pat didn't like small point guards. I mean, right. Pat, Pat had coached, you know, you know, Magic Johnson, and then even in New York, I mean, his point guards were not Magic size, but Derek Harper, Doc Rivers, uh, they were taller than Tim. Like, it, it was a bit of a surprise that he actually even went for Tim. And like I said, the only reason he was able to get Tim was because Tim's value was so far <laughs> down at that point after the injuries with the frustration uh, that he had in Golden State. And so, uh, you know, they were – it was very fortuitous to get him. I think if you look at the Zoe Tim years with, again, the frustrations that they didn't get further, but they wouldn't have had anywhere near the regular season success pretty much with anybody else at point guard. I mean, I, and and the Tim Zoe partnership, it never felt completely perfect. But, again, they complemented each other in a lot of different ways. One Tim story I always tell is, uh, you know, when they lost to the Knicks, 
Uh, and that was the night of the, uh, the Mashburn uh, no shot with, with Weatherspoon. We were sitting at Tim's locker before the game. Tim would always like, he kind of be in the back corner locker, but people could come up to him before games. And we were talking to him and I remember Mike Wise was there and, and some other New York reporters. And Mike and I just mentioned him that Dick Pavetta was the official that night. And Mike, I think, said, yeah, it's Nick Bavetta. He was making a joke. And Tim's like, I like that. I like that. And literally after the game, because there were some problems at the end of that game, Tim came out and he had like a piece of paper. And he's like, he read a statement about Nick Bavetta after the game. Um, that, that's, that's kind of what you would get for him. I mean, he was, um, in a lot of ways, for what was a nondescript franchise before him and Zoe came in, uh, he gave the Heat personality and there swagger. were swagger and there were as many 10 jerseys as there were 33 jerseys uh, in the crown and there's one right behind there's one behind you right now uh as we're talking i mean th- those jerseys were everywhere in south florida when this was still a dolphins town i mean because if you look at 96 through 99 uh at during jimmy johnson had taken over the dolphins from don shula run, ricky run it ricky was, run well that was before ricky ricky came in 2002 but like if you look or oh, 2002 yeah, but the late 90s where Jason – Dan was still on the Dolphins and you had Jason, you had Zach, but you had the big personality of Jimmy Johnson. Tim and Zoe were the ones that kind of started to push it in in the direction uh, a little bit more of the heat, even though it was more of a Dolphins town. But Tim was in a lot of ways their their biggest personality uh, at, at, at that time. Um, and you just never knew what you were going to get for him. I, after the break, I want you to get into more stories if you have a couple – before we close, but I, I, we just wanted to do this episode because we feel it's extremely deserving. We're hoping to get Tim here on the podcast again soon. Before we do, though, if you've got a leak, you've got water damage, you got mold damage, any of that kind of stuff, reach out to our guy, Michael, and his team. He, he's in Boca Raton with Water Cleanup of Florida, but they service Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. More than 60 years of experience. Again, if you're dealing with water mold damage in your home or business, Water Cleanup of Florida is at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Again, that's Water Cleanup of Florida. Um, Again, uh, they're fully licensed, insured, certified, provide the one-stop shopping that homeowners and business owners require. If they can't do the job, they'll tell you. I can attest to that personally, but they can do most jobs and they're available for you. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You got to get the, if you got a leak, you got to get, go take care of it. Reach out to Michael and his team again, 954-579-0356. Again, it's Water Cleanup of Florida. You can find them online as well. We always say this, Greg, and they say this online now too. By the way, the website is WCUFL. It's WCUFL.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. More than 75 star reviews on Google. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When we talk about guts, Tim's one, of the, Tim's one of the players that embody that, right? And, and it, go, it goes beyond the numbers. Let me just go through the numbers real quick, and then I'll let you close uh, here with another memory. I covered all those Knicks Heat series. That, it was crazy to see 
you know, Tim taking pictures I saw on Instagram with Latrell Sprewell when I remember what that relationship was in Golden State. Uh, and then the, the whole Heat and Knicks series. Um, but going through Tim's numbers, let me just read them here real quickly for people who just don't understand, okay? Because you should look up the videos on YouTube. You should see how he was really a magician with the ball, okay? And at his size, not the ideal build. That's why there was the fat claws in there. Uh, he was able to get by people. He could use either hand. But he, here were the numbers. The 28 games he came over from uh, that he came over from Golden State in 95-96, he averaged 17 points and 10 assists in those 28 games. The next season, 96-99, his averages were 20.3 points, 8.6 assists, 1.7 steals. 97-98, uh, 18.9 points, 8.3 assists. And then he started to fade a little bit after that. The lockout season, 98-99, uh, 17.4 points, 7.3 assists. And then after that, the numbers started to come back a little bit. But he was important on the 2000-2001 team that lost Zoe. He was the starting point guard for 77 games, and he averaged 15 points and six assists, even at age 34, Greg. So he was still productive into his mid-30s. Again, we talk about a model for Kyle Lowry, uh, who's a little bit older than him. But Tim played at a pretty high level. Tim really didn't fall off the cliff until the knees went after that season. A after that, he had and, – and, but he played through other injuries. He played through plantar fasciitis. Uh, he, he played through all kinds of different things. That was always the question, like, was Tim going to be right? And it was funny because that was a precursor for, um, for, for, for Dwayne when Dwayne came in. It was always, right. is Dwayne going to be right? We had already gone through all of that uh, with Tim. But he really held that team together in 2000, 2001 when Zoe went out. Um, until they kind of got ran out of the gym by Charlotte. But I'll let you close here. You got one more Hardaway memory? Yeah, I also want to correct a couple of things because you said the two old guys were starting the show, and I've had a couple senior moments. Let's clarify that Tim Hardaway was traded along with Chris Gatling for Bimbo Coles and Kevin Willis. So I got part of it right when I said Kevin Willis. So I just want to uh, make sure that we uh, recognize that. A uh, couple Tim Hardaway memories. Um, I'm going to be selfish and throw one in in my own life that my high school basketball coach used to scream at me, you are not Tim Hardaway, when I would run up to court and try to do those knuckleball three-point shots as a lefty um, and not as good as Tim Hardaway. So I always laugh at that. Always wore number 10 because of Tim Hardaway. Uh, so that's the little personal thing. Um, as far as other memories, you mentioned the big game. That was like the biggest game in Heat history when that happened. I I look at me. I'm going to try to rely on my memory. I believe it was like a Sunday afternoon game. Um, and Timmy just went crazy. 18 point third quarter. Like that was the game where you said, Oh my gosh, like this is amazing. We actually are a contending team. Michael Jordan obviously ended that quickly. Uh, the other things that come to mind, he heaved one in against the Knicks in the regular season. That was really crazy. Uh, and I was actually slumped down in my seat, upset, thinking that the game was over. And then Timmy threw it in and, and the Heat won and I didn't even see it. So uh, that's another fond memory of a Heat win that I didn't actually see, although I was sitting right there. Uh, so there's just so many. He was super clutch. I know it never translated and went all the way to the um, – to the finals or anything like that. But the Eastern conference finals was still a great achievement at that point for the Miami heat. 
Uh, so, you know, like that, that's just essentially it to me. Um, I know that as Gorn winded down in Miami, I started to flex the Goran Dragic is the greatest point guard in Miami Heat history muscles. When they made the 2020 finals, I really went to that spot as I've had some time to sit with it. I don't know that I'm ready to go there now. And I'm going to take my back, my word and say, Tim Hardaway is the greatest point guard in Miami Heat history. I don't really think there's any question. You know, I I, I know we got carried away uh, during Goran's run, but Goran was really only asked to drive a contending team one time. Okay. And that was during the bubble run. He was great during the 16, 17 season. Uh, he was really important during the 15, 16 season. Nobody's going to take away Goran's place in history. No question. You see what he's still doing, you know, for, for Slovenia. Um, and Goran deserves his number in the rafters, but, but Tim's at a slightly higher level. I, I just think you, you, you got to go back to that era. Again, you're talking about pace adjusted stats. Um, you know, Tim's numbers would have been higher if the heat didn't play at a completely snails pace, you know, all the teams were, but they were playing there at that pace, even slower. And, and really he was asked to set up someone else so much or else he could have gotten even more of his offense. Goran was never really asked to do that. Uh, t- Tim Tim was really more of a prototypical floor general. When That's why when they got Kyle Lowry, we kind of skipped over all the other point guards. It was kind of Tim and then Kyle. You know, Mario Chalmers was important for them. Others were important for them. But but it's really it's really hard away. I mean, that, that's that's who it's you know, that, that's that's who everybody went to see at that time, along with Zoe, maybe even more so than Zoe. And so he has a place in heat history. He has a place in basketball history. I think he's deserving of the Hall of Fame. Knowing Tim a little bit, I spent some time with him when he was an assistant for Stan Van Gundy in Detroit um, and, and other spots. Um, I've worked events with Tim. I just know he was contrite about what he said. And I honestly think it's kind of ludicrous that it kept him out as long as it did. I mean, I think, again, some of it was circumstantial. And the other candidates that were there and, you know, he, he doesn't jump out to the modern voter, maybe as others do. They didn't win a championship. They didn't even get to a finals. They got to one conference finals and they got they got blown out. But I still think that Tim Hardaway is a Hall of Famer and I'm glad he's going. Thanks to our sponsors, Prize Fix. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E, Water Cleanup of Florida. We'll be back with more episodes. We are going to do an around the, the NBA thing. In fact, an around the East. We're going to bring in writers, media people from uh from all over uh the eastern conference again to kind of break down you know what the boston celtics look like what the milwaukee bucks look like what the philadelphia 76ers the brooklyn nets cleveland cavaliers we're going to start those episodes next week so be on the lookout for that also our off the floor feed is back operational so brady's got a q a coming up there this weekend it's at the top of my five reasons uh twitter account make sure you signed on there have a good one Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.